3: Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets.
4: Great theme song. Welcome, everybody. It's Thursday, and that can be only that, one thing. Way. That was me and my wife. Only oh, It, it, was. Was. it was. Only okay. Yeah, It's available it. for sale in the lobby. Um, <laughs> it's Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets. Uh, I'm joined in studio by first time Car Selling Secrets guest to my right. Hello, Chris Eggert, 5 Eyewitness News.
1: Andy Bernard. Mike Gelfand. And Thomas
3: M. Bernard. What do that, you think?
4: Make That rounds out the, it's boy. It's Thursday's always boys
5: club, isn't it's it? It's kind of boys, well it's that? car
3: selling secret, boys have, club. We have
5: girls in once in a while, but mostly they just do. boys.
3: Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh,
5: we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries.
3: For great deals from the Minnesota sales leaders, go to Burnsville or Coon
6: Rapids Nissan. Hey, this is Brian Zepp. Summer is finally here, and if you're like me, you've got some serious riding plan. Make sure you and your motorcycle are good to go with Dennis Kirk. Whatever you ride, Harley, Indian, metric cruiser, or sport bike, you'll find what you need at Dennis Kirk. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock. Clothing and helmets, too. Order before 8 p.m., and they ship the same day. Plus shipping is free for orders over eighty nine bucks. Follow Zep's lead and head to DennisKirk.com. They ship
4: today. Chris is here, uh, first time guest, and I'm going to ask him the traditional question in a minute. But sometime during this episode, oh, you're not,
3: we're not going to introduce the cameraman. He's that's he
4: was Kevin, be that's really Kevin quiet. Bubak.
7: Kevin Bubak, Five Eyewitness News. Kevin, good to see you. Legendary um, photographer.
4: So for those listening, because we don't have a, vis- a video stream, we're also recording this and taping it for part of an in-depth interview as to why Tom Bernard's so crazy. But before we get to that, oh, the tradition nice on Car Selling Secrets is we have our guests tell the story of the very first car they had. So And you Ooh. can make up whatever you want, as, as long as it's a good story. <laughs> well, <laughs> Wait a minute. Hang on. News people never make anything up.
7: Go ahead. Yeah, you're Ooh. absolutely right about that. Uh, so let's see. Not the first car I drove, because I won't count my parents' cars. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, so that would be a 1984 Chevy Cavalier. And that just was just last that. year? Uh, yeah. <laughs> It was, a, it was a couple years before that, uh, that was a uh, lovely um, oxidized, faded, uh, kind of a navy blue type color. Typical early 80s Chevy. Yeah, the paint the, lasted sometimes months yeah, well, before <laughs> it just started to deteriorate. It had a really nice red pinstripe that ran right down the side that was a little faded too, like the rest of it. Uh, took that car to college.
4: Now, did it have a bench seat in the front? No, it had uh, bucket oh, seats. Oh, yeah, the sport Ooh. buckets. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
7: which buckets. Some people preferred
4: the bench seat, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh,
3: For the drive-in?
4: Yeah. Yeah. All right. I knew That's what fun. you meant.
3: Yeah. yeah. I did, too. We made it work. <laughs>
7: Remember, I didn't start driving until I was 21, so I know. knowing about that. You didn't so really? Did, did the, cars survive the car survive your
4: college years as well?
7: Or? It almost got, the, the interesting thing about that car is it almost got stolen, because <clears throat> Somebody did um, steal a celebrity? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So uh, we lived in Did you park in the field of Yugo's? <laughs> Ooh, there you go. I think it was a matter of convenience, not <laughs> okay. uh, wanting the luxury of a 1984 Chevy uh, Cavalier. So some people we lived next to, our college house, which was a dump, it when it snowed outside, snow actually would come in at the at the baseboards of the house. Oh, to, nice! To paint a picture of the quality of living that we were in. No, wait a minute!
3: Not under the door, but under the
7: yeah. mop boards. Yeah, yeah. It was it was, it was quite a place. Yeah, where was this? <laughs> this was Huron, South Dakota. Ah. Oh, basketball! Yep, yeah. Yep. They were playing basketball, and uh, so anyway, my I lost my keys. I never lose my keys. I'm not a key losing person. i mm-hmm. i consider myself. Better organizing that. Always. Starting
4: to sound like a, a curb your
7: enthusiasm episode. <laughs> He's a key loser. He's not a key loser. <laughs> exactly. Always been exactly. like. Always been like that. So my keys disappeared, and I was like, "What in the hell's going on?" I, and so, uh, you know, we we'd have a a, a a person or two over every once in a while at the mm-hmm. house. Um, I thought maybe somebody walked off with them, and, and who knew? I wasn't all that worried about it. I couldn't find them for two days, and uh, a local policeman. Showed up over at our house, which is never really a great scene when you're a college student either. And uh, well, it turned out that the these girls that would live next door, who were high school girls, they were planning on stealing the car what? and running with it across country <sighs> to get out of town. Were
4: their what? names, Thelma and Louise, Randy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, there you go. You yeah. are older than you look. Yeah, it was, this it is in Huron.
7: Yeah, I
6: what? mean, listen,
7: I love Huron, but I know there are probably some who wanted to get out of there, but I'm not sure that. That's yeah. odd. One of the girls ratted him out, so there was a snitch. Oh, okay. And so one of the snitches went to, went to the uh, police, and so that's how I ended up finding my keys. Got cop walks back, hands me my keys. I'm like, thank you, officer.
1: Is this an answer or a pitch? Oh. I mean, this is this is great storytelling. It is good storytelling. You, you, you know, you usually don't get your money's worth quite like this. No, I know. It, it,
4: it, we've we've asked this 120 that? times, and usually it's like. Yeah, I had a Honda. <laughs> right. Yeah, scratch. <laughs> but little. now you
7: guys are going okay. Wrap it up. We got other yeah, yeah. things. No, no, no that's not fine. at all. Not at all. <laughs> people that's, People
4: that's, like that's those stories. That's, it's, the,
3: that's the story. Does is that, is that Alex's or her or his better?
4: Well, Alex is, is the most unusual, because everybody it's else's stories is yeah. like yours. It centers around what would be a $500 car. And yeah. Alex is going, see, my first car, I can't remember, was it the Jag or the Audi? Oh, he's wow. Like, wow. He's like, well, The what? cake eater sessions. <laughs> <laughs> but I get it. You know, Dad does well, and you're the daughter, and daughters always get the the good stuff.
3: Andy had, what was that car? You had that big black kind of station wagon looking thing. What was that? Station wagon. Chrysler. Oh, one oh, of those. Well, there was a Charger, but that wasn't <coughs>
8: my first. My first was the Durango. Oh, it was the Durango. Yeah. Pretty yeah, good car. Nice. Yeah. And then I had the F250 because we lived so on a farm. So you're really into fuel efficient vehicles. Yeah. yeah. What, do you, dad, what do you get that gets like six exactly. miles to the gallon? I think that F250 was my least favorite thing I've ever driven because it, it if there's any ice in the country... You hit those brakes and you're going to be skidding for a good city block. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
7: Yeah. Was is that the true. car that
3: slid sideways when you went into the coffee shop?
8: No, that was my Jeep compass.
3: Oh, that's right. It was a compass.
8: Yeah. Well, that was, I was parked on a hill in, at Walgreens, got in the car, started it up, and I just started sliding to the left. You see like, those
4: videos on the news from time to time
8: <laughs> school right. buses going yep. sideways. Oh, yeah. Down yeah. A sheet of yeah. ice. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, like, well, wow. I can't do anything about this, so let's see how it plays out because you can't you can't
1: do anything i had the pleasure of being the sober driver of the car that was unsafe at any speed (laughs) (laughs) what kind of friends did you have uh you know they uh they were looking out for number one and uh, that's
3: unusual uh, you know
1: that but you know what it was retribution as far as i'm concerned i made the mistake of being sober a few times
3: you can't do, Never do that. Never do that
1: again. Not when you're in high school. And you were forced to drive a Corvair? Is that what you're getting yeah, at? I was forced to drive a Corvair, and uh, sometimes in the middle of winter. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it was true, though. It was, you, I mean, if you dared, you didn't want to make a daredevil move, like try to make a left turn. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to dare. No. Oh, God, you, no, you don't need no. that. You're asking for trouble.
3: So you stayed sober. That's a good thing, man.
1: Yeah, well, I learned the hard way.
3: You learned the hard way about it. You know, I quit drinking on my twenty first birthday. Did you know that?
4: No, I didn't know you then.
3: I drank from the time I was <laughs> eleven to twenty one, and then I quit drinking at twenty one and then started again at twenty nine. No <laughs> kidding. My old twenties I didn't drink. That was weird. And that's
4: normally when most people do yeah, their best that's, drinking. That's
7: prime time right yeah. there.
3: Did I ever tell you what Louie Nanny t- asked me? Uh uh-uh. uh. He goes, So Tommy, I gotta ask you a question. Like, I know you haven't had any you know, you don't drink for the last ten years, and I know when you were young you didn't drink then either, so well. Like, what was the big difference between you when you drank and when you didn't? And I said, well, when I drank, I was an even bigger prick. <laughs> and he started laughing. I thought he was going to choke. <laughs> because he agreed with it, apparently, is, is why he was laughing. He was but setting
7: you up to get Yeah, right? he was
3: definitely setting me up. I had no question about it. But, yeah, I don't know why. I just, at 21, I went, eh, I've had enough of this for a while. He's smoking and drinking.
1: He probably kind of connected with that. You know, up in the oh, yeah. Sioux, <laughs> they drink plenty. Up they there. can
3: have a cocktail <laughs> up in the Sioux. Lou oh, from the Sioux, yes. baby. No doubt about it. Uh, what's
4: is that where he's from, St. Marie?
3: Yep. He is I a know. Lou from the Sioux. never Absolutely. met him
4: before. He seems like a just a You never a great
3: met Louis? Guy. No. I will call him and have him on car selling secrets. <laughs> That'd be he's awesome. so awesome. Oh, Louis's a great guy. But Francine's a much better person than Louis.
7: That's always the case, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's
3: always the case. <laughs> I don't think
8: I've seen Louis in
3: a couple years.
8: More than a couple. Oh, more than that, I probably. don't
3: even know the last time. My favorite thing about Louie is that that little side s that he's got. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I love it <laughs> that
4: when kind he kind of a lateral slide. <laughs> yeah,
3: you've kind of got that, <laughs> that deal going. But great family though. Really, really nice. Louis, Nanny all his family.
4: Yeah, let's get him in. That'd be really cool.
3: Now he'd come in and do it. Absolutely. Cool. Maybe get uh, uh, maybe we get the whole family to come in. About fifteen of them come. It's walk, nice. Yeah, he's got a through. whole. He got a lot. I got a big family. No doubt about that. But Tino and I are really, really good. You should get Tino in sometime. That's about why he had a parrot on his shoulder when he was the goalie for the kicks. Do you remember that, the promo pictures? He always had a parrot on his shoulder. I don't know what that was
7: all about.
4: Who are we going to put a parrot on their shoulder here?
3: Chris Eggert. Oh, that's right.
4: I'll do it. Yeah,
7: <laughs> already, I already got the pick leg thing going. I might as well. Well, that's, right. that's how it No,
3: that's exactly why. I might as well complete friends. the pirate look. <laughs> go
4: ahead and tell them why we're talking about
3: this. Because I said on the show this morning, I was, I was talking to what was I talking to you yeah, and
4: Herbeck.
3: We were talking about uh, Chris coming in and Herbeck too. I was talking to Herbeck about it. Said when you come in, I was going to need you to put a parrot on your shoulder and take your leg off. up.
7: <laughs> I've thought about that as a backup plan for when this TV thing finally burns out, which I know it'll happen any day. Any day now. Be yes. any day th- this week for that matter, but <laughs> I'm like uh, grow a beard, get a parrot, just be the, the, You're the gonna be Captain Morgan. pirate guy for uh, for things. <laughs> Captain there Morgan. There you go, except real.
4: That's right.
3: Yeah. You're looking <sighs> for buried treasure? That'd yeah. be phenomenal. That'd be magnificent. <laughs>
4: So, Chris, let me ask you, how did you get into broadcasting? What was the journey from college, and what did you, you study in school well, I went, I was other a, than girls? I was
7: an athlete, so I went into school uh, thinking that I was going to stay into, like, sports medicine or get mm-hmm. into something like that and stay in the in the, in the field. Um, but about two years into college, I had a, a family friend who worked at a local radio station, K-O-K-K. Kook? K-O-K-K.
6: Nah, okay, okay.
7: Uh, KKK, nice. twelve ten a.m. Dakota's country, and uh, uh, he went to give oh, us a tour God, of the oh. to tour of the station. terrible
3: are terrible uh, i it. It's like, like KKK is not much better. Okay? Yeah, right. it's it's,
7: Jesus. it's right there on the.
3: Um, <laughs> it is exactly.
7: So uh, yeah, he had me go to the TV station or the radio station. I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. And he goes, well, actually, we're we're looking for part time people to you know be DJs. And I'm like, really? What, what, what kind of qualifications do you have to have? I don't know. You got a pulse? I mean, that's yeah. about where that's it It's radio. So. Yeah, need yeah. ears so we can put the
8: headphones yeah. on. Well, yeah. according to Wikipedia, the station's current motto is the station that grows on you. <clears throat> oh, my. That's like Nebraska. K-O-K-K
7: grow. That's shameless. Ne- yep. Oh that God. is extremely shameless. Nice outfit. <laughs> nice outfit you got there, Edgar. <laughs> The guy who uh who brought me on board there is a general manager now, so <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The station
3: that grows on you. I'm no. gonna
7: have to give him crap about that one next time I see. I'm you. guessing yeah, it I was on purpose.
3: There's I some good length
7: so. to this radio. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Jesus. throbs with excitement. They did have a very large <laughs> coverage area. Mm-hmm. They did. Glad to hear it. Yes. yes. I'm,
3: like, I'm happy to hear that. So did you like radio? I loved radio. Yeah. It's pretty great. I,
7: lo- I mean, to this day, I still think back about it very romantically because it felt like it was looser. Um, it was It was just more comfortable for me. Um, but at some point, I got pushed you know, well, you should do a TV internship, and I did yeah. that, and I was like, well, gosh, this is pretty cool, too, Yeah. and so then I kind of went that direction. I continued work. I worked full-time radio. I was a full-time employee at that radio station through college for three years, I guess, or I would have been two two years full-time there, um, and then got out of that, you know, graduated, and was like, well, I guess I'm going to take a TV job, so yeah, decided to sense. go that route. <clears throat> Neither one of them paid much at that point, so... As yeah, opposed to not. the
4: huge salaries everybody makes the day in the, yeah. in the radio business. Well,
7: t- any, anything, any, particularly in broadcasting, starting out, you're, not, you're paid yeah. nothing, right? You got to right. love it, otherwise, you know, you're not going to do it. You're not doing it for money. I took flying lessons
4: probably 30-some years ago, and my flight instructor was my age, and his day job was a pharmaceutical rep, so uh-huh. he was doing pretty good in yeah. the early 80s. He's making 60 or 70 grand a year, which, that was, yeah. you know, it's okay today. Absolutely. It was really good back then. And one day he goes, well, I'm gonna be leaving in another month that just got, cause the whole game to become an airline pilot is you have to go through all these levels and rack up enough hours yep. so you can get to the bigs. And his dad flew 747s to uh, Japan, which is like the, the ultimate job. You work yep. 10 days a yep. month and you make a lot of money. Right. So he goes, "Yep. I said, "So are you going to be making the big dough now?" And he goes, "No, I'm selling everything because I'm going from 70 a year to 135." Oh. The so first officer with man. Great Lakes Aviation, which is where I, yeah. That's
7: that's less That's about what I made for my first TV reporter <laughs> yeah. job.
3: 135, baby. And I wasn't a, a mistake, you didn't kill anybody. <laughs> yeah, <right>.
7: Exactly. <laughs> So, oh, but, but I, I, he's still
4: a friend, and I see him come through the airport every every once in a while. I hear this voice at MSP, Mrs. Sprinthal, how are you? And it's like in oh, Wakefield, you son of a oh, bitch, where fun. are you? So, but, but it's I assume he's making kind,
7: more than that. now? Yeah, he's a, uh, 14, a
4: Delta captain, so you know they're. I think that's 150. The two,
7: they're in a bit of a kerfuffle over all that. I think they have yeah. been all summer. Or oh, are they? I think they're in a contract negotiation kind yeah. of period. Yeah, they so. are.
4: Yeah. I don't did they strike I don't think they struck they them. They were out they, doing
7: informational pickets, yeah, I that's think right. a couple months ago. Oh okay.
4: And they're not, you know, the airlines are there's a huge pilot shortage right now yep. and a lot of the old
7: guys are retiring and there's not a lot of stuff. Well that's in, the other guy's points like yeah. we're getting overworked, we're not yeah. Yeah. we're not getting the rest we're supposed to get, which is huge, right? you no I don't doubt. want a tired pilot. No.
3: No <laughs> No, that would not be good. Kind of dozing off at the wheel. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be wonderful. No question about it.
4: I'm going to make myself tired.
3: I Honest to God. That. You, that was very convincing yeah, when you did it that, I'll good. tell you. Like, whoa, man.
4: So did you start out on a small market? You didn't yeah. just land in Minneapolis? Uh, so? I was in
7: si- uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Okay. Nowadays, a fella can probably go from a market that size to this market. It's changed a lot. Really? Yeah. Um, but... Back then, you'd had to bounce around quite a bit. So I was in uh, I was in Sioux Falls, got my first anchor job in Rapid City, South Dakota. Uh, I went there to Omaha. I was there where I met my wife. Same TV station that Tom Brokaw was at at there one point you go. In his career. So I felt really good about that. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, the because he's from South Dakota too. So there were many and, Many similarities between us.
4: Yeah, well, I've I've been to Boston Gardens, and Larry Bird used to play <laughs> yeah, exactly. there. So, so you
7: know, yeah, same story. Yeah, he yeah, can of go to yep. his left. Yep. I yep. can make a left hand turn. I, I have it's hands. Just right. about the same. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Tom Brokaw. <laughs> you ever meet Brokaw? No, but uh, phenomenal guy. One of my phenomenal. one of my mom's um, teachers aides taught him in in grade school. Like she was his teacher. Oh, really? Yeah. So again, like South Dakota, that's not that's very typical. So you're you're always once removed from somebody. So one of
3: the great things about Brokaw is he. I was invited to have dinner with him one night, and we were sitting there, and you could tell by his facial features whether he agreed with you or not. <laughs> it was it's it was hilarious. He would just his face
7: <laughs> would change. I guess I can see that, right? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah.
3: Oh absolutely. Very very smart guy. Though. Oh, he did a for speech. Sure. He did it. it was um, I can't remember who put the put the thing together, but he did. One of the great things about that is so I get there, it's a table for eight people. Catherine and I are sitting right next. So you. your brokaw's here, I'm here, and Catherine's there. And then originally it said that I was supposed to be sitting where Andy is and Catherine would be down there, mm-hmm. right? But there were two spots open. Uh, so they just moved me next to Brocon, which was great, and a nice deal for me. You know why the two spots were open? Because a uh, a man and a woman heard I was coming, so they said we're not coming if he's going <laughs> to be Are you there. kidding? Are you kidding me? You know who that was? Uh, Let's true story. Think who would be.
4: So they, it had to be a lefty.
3: They refused. Guessing he was a politician. Time. Good guessing so far.
4: Walter Mondale. You got is it. Is it really? Oh, it was that Walter was my Mondale. first guess. My second would have been
3: uh, uh, Al Franken. <laughs> Oh Frank wouldn't have, yeah, there's no way no. he would go either. That's true.
4: <laughs> he, God, Walter Mondale bailed because of bailed, you.
3: Bailed uh, United States Vice President <laughs> of the United States bailed because I was there. <laughs> That's it's hilarious. <laughs> that happens all the time. Well, I I mean, probably,
1: I probably just figured if if he sat there, he'd have to have extra Secret Service details.
7: Probably. Yeah, I'm sure. As a matter of practicality. I think so. <laughs> matter he of was practicality. trying to save the taxpayers some money. Of course money. he was. Yeah. Of course he was. That Tom, I'm going to, when we do our interview later, but that's something I want to kind of talk to you about and drill in on a little bit. How did you piss everybody off so much? Well, here, Hi, why don't we start part of the interview them. right now? But, I mean, that's, that's really That's Chris is here to do. How did how did it all come where like at some point you became like a public enemy
3: i well because well mike elfan will tell you that this is how it happened as well our program director decided to take the the station conservative and i went is that a good idea in minneapolis st paul and he goes yeah i think it's a wonderful idea you remember that
1: I I never really understood why we uh, went down that avenue. I never did either. I don't think it, uh, it certainly didn't help any of us sleep better at night.
3: (laughs) No, it did not. And by the way, did he ever take a punch for it? No, I did. (laughs) It's one of those. If you're the face of it, you're going to take all all of course. And then of course, I have that kind of personality that if you attack me, it ain't going to be pretty. Yeah. So it'll get worse and worse and
7: worse. And that's what happened. Well, I'd always heard that from people. I mean, I my dad lived in the Twin Cities, so oh, I was yeah. in town quite a bit. Um, and I knew KQRS, and I knew who you were. Um, but having just, I don't know, moved back 10, 10 11 years ago or so now, um, when I started doing appearances on your show, yeah, um, some people were like, geez, I don't know, is that, is that a good idea? And I'm like, why? And they're like, well, it's he gets political. And I'm like, does he? Because I never really heard you get political. What I've heard you do... Is called BS on both sides, right? Which like just, I
3: do. I still do yeah,
7: that. Yeah. yeah. So you didn't want to be political.
3: I was raised by an ardent uh, Democrat named Toots. My mother <laughs> yeah, yeah. was a big-time Democrat. And that's why I tell people that I've been a Democrat and I've been a Republican, and I don't really care for either one of them because uh, I don't know anything about you know being a Republican. I'm, I never had enough money to be a good one. And then on the other side, I did not appreciate what the Democratic Party did to me, and therefore I would never think of joining that party again. They were, went out of their way to, to harm me and my family. They did. How so? Uh, by destroying my voiceover career. Really? Oh, yeah. It destroyed my voiceover. It cost me a
7: lot of money, man. Was that based on things that had happened on it was the, based air on the fact, yeah
3: Yeah, it was a, because, the, because the show was what it was, they that went on this big campaign. You can't hire him as one of those deals.
7: And your voiceover career, obviously, was like super lucrative, right? Probably still is to some extent. No,
1: nah, not like it used to be. Yeah, Yeah, Tom's been living in a Quonset hut ever since he <laughs> lost that. Why don't you just shut I'm up sorry. over there,
3: Buster I, Brown? <laughs> no, look, I could have just said to Dave... Uh, no, I'm not going to do that. But literally, I would have had to leave the station.
7: Were you guys number one at that point? Because you were in the in the run of being number one for so long.
3: Yeah, 35 years. I think we were number one.
7: Mm-hmm.
2: Had the
3: highest rated in radio the country, state, right? The highest rated morning show in the country. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, you know, whenever I hear a baby crying or something like that, it reminds me of me the day I heard Cumulus was going to buy the station. <laughs>
7: You weren't into it, huh?
3: Ah, uh, no. <laughs> look,
7: look, I love
3: this over We're here. you are just
4: going to sit back and watch this.
3: <laughs> See, this is one of those things that I can't, it's just the way I am. I just can't sit back and, and go, oh, I'll just pretend that never happened. No, it happened, and, you know, you ask me about it, I'll tell you about it. That, I don't have any problem with that. What are they going to do?
7: I mean, ownership changes are, I mean, oh. for people who don't get that, Outside of the broadcasting industry, they're largely disruptive for the most part. Oh, because very, very. Every structure that had been set up in that you know broadcast outlet, it pretty much all gets changed. Yeah, the managers get changed. Everything, everything you had, you're almost starting over again. So I'm, I'm guessing that was.
3: Well, now it's different, but when i worked for disney they owned the station for what like 20 years mike something like that yeah yeah you needed something you got it Mm -hmm. they supported everything you did i mean the station became so huge because of disney there's no question and then after that the station fell off because of the the following two people who owned the station didn't were not committed to winning they just weren't
1: well then then you know eventually disney of course was the best
3: Oh, God, it was phenomenal. But, and now I guess it's not that great.
1: Well, inevitably, it couldn't be. Well, that's true. But after Disney, then then come the hedge funds. That's exactly and when what it was, in, yep. the hedge funds come in, the talent out.
7: That's what seems to, you know. I
3: am the last person still at KQRS from that era. Yeah. Everybody else is gone. I'm the last person remaining. So, you know.
0: podcasts
3: the paranormal 60 with dave schrader dan chesky's here from Dan south marine it won't be long now until we start seeing boats on the water warmer temps and open water are coming soon tom
4: we have inventory in stock now from Alumacraft, premier avalon and manitou with more arriving daily what's the secret to finding a boat you're looking for this year dan
1: Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company.
3: And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company,
1: Bradley's partner. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with a lot of multi-generational family-owned businesses.
3: I've made some great friends over there. I mean, not Mike, but yeah, friends. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the great... If you don't mind me talking about that a little bit, I said, I got a guy. I want to come in and do the show. He's very, very funny. He's a good guy, very clever. And he, Mike came in and did his interview, and the gentleman said, there is no way we're hiring him. That voice is so annoying. I said... <laughs> That voice is part of why he's so good at what he does.
7: I mean, how do you miss that?
1: It's distinctive. Exactly.
7: It's not everything you're going to hear on every other radio station, right? That
1: was the thing, you know, because the morning show, we talked about this the other day, but we we had like eight people on a microphone at the same time, and somehow it was eight totally different voices.
4: Can you imagine how horrible (laughs) it would
3: have been if everybody talked like them?
4: That's right.
3: right. That's right. I mean, you never
1: never had to say, now who's that guy talking? Which no, 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 no. Most well, radio shows, if there's two guys, you can't tell the two apart.
7: Yeah, because well, they're both... Whoa, 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 yeah, they are are. Kind of yeah deal. They're, they're pukers. Yeah.
3: Mike really liked it when he worked with Sansevier because Sansevier doesn't need a mic. <laughs> <laughs>
7: hey, Dom, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, he's got a voice, <laughs> And I'm
1: still working with Sandy.
3: <laughs> You're still working with Sandy. That's, so am I, as a matter of fact. Yeah. But, no, that was... One thing I will say about Hamilton, I, I do believe he was wrong about the politics. I always will. But he did fight for the Gel fans and the Sandsevers, and he said, "No, Tom's right about that. This is not a, this is not a disc jockey show." Yeah, you know he and you never had any problem with David, all did you? No, no, I don't think so, and Sandy didn't.
1: The only disagreement I ever had with him was was with his his feeling that I would succeed. <laughs> why
3: why did he not well, I like thought that that was
1: ridiculous well you succeeded yeah but i didn't think that was
3: <laughs> yeah but
4: you know when my son was 11 he was playing in a basketball tournament and his mom's you know cheering madly from the sidelines he runs by at one point and you could tell this was like the onset of puberty and he goes stop encouraging me <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh those parents so you funny. know it's
3: just one of those deals you 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 go through um it's just at some point you go it's time to go you know i actually had five more years left of my contract yeah
7: well that's what i thought yeah i did yeah and i went no, i don't want to that's good we're good are you are, are you leaving on are you leaving on good terms no <laughs> Okay. do i ever mike no. yeah <laughs> well, I, did.
1: I i wondered what fun would that be
3: no there would be no it's it's ridiculously bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not pleasant at all. It just we have totally different. And I, You know, look, I'm not. I could just go after people like there's no tomorrow. They can do that. I have no interest in doing that kind of thing. But it's just like I would go to them, and Mike can tell you this is true. I'd go to them and say, that is not going to work. It's going to hurt the show. I really don't think we should do that. Let's not do that over and over again. And people go, oh, it's so frustrating. You're always so angry. And I said, I'm not angry. I'm just telling you, it's not going to work. And then when it didn't work, look what you did, Tom. like, what?
1: That's
7: exactly right. You've been down that road. I have.
3: When it doesn't work, it's your fault. It's like, what?
1: And then the saddest thing about that is you get the blame, but you never got any of the money. Nope. Why don't you shut I'm up sh-
3: over there? <laughs> <laughs> Shot right in the gut. Is it
4: true that they're going to switch formats and go all polka? <laughs> I don't
3: know. I have I Start no idea. that rumor. <laughs> I don't know. They're going to. I don't know what they're going to do. It's. I, I assume they'll stay with Brian and Tony and, and Candace for a while, but I, I don't know if they'll do that long. T- I have no idea what they're going to do. Yeah,
7: you'd probably be the last person that would know. Yeah. They're not going to sure tell you or anything. Well, the, the format of, your, of the show as it evolved, and, and obviously the format of the podcast, is, is it's very loose, it's comfortable. Yeah, yeah and it's, so it should You're having normal conversations, which it makes it easier for, I think, people to listen to. Sure. Um where did you evolve into that kind of, of a show? Because, I mean, when I, heard, when I heard some of your first clips when you are that cat man. Oh, God, 1,500.
3: That's insane.
7: 1,500
3: KSTP. Like, you don't even
7: sound like the same person. No.
3: Well, actually, to tell you the truth, I don't sound like my real voice now. I mean, this is my real voice. Yeah. But when I came out of North Minneapolis, I never opened my mouth and got to talk like this all yeah. the I mean, I just I saw just, it talk. So uh, I won't use the word, and you can edit this out anyway, but my very first break on the radio was at 1370 KDAN in St. Paul. Which not even there anymore. We were talking about this the other day, as a mm-hmm. matter of fact. And so I did the first break. I said, and I'll never forget, my first break was KDAN 1370. Here's Dolly Parton and Porter Wagner. Phone just blows up. Every line's lit up, and they're just, oh, my God, it's just... I look how popular I am already! My first break, and everybody loves me. I answer the phone, KDAN. I hear, "Get that big N off the air." <laughs>
2: it's like, "Woo!"
3: Yeah, the guy because I didn't open my mouth and I kind of, kind of had that. I, I got yeah. that raspy voice anyway. Yeah. The guy thought I was black and called me the big one. <laughs> it's like, Jesus! Nice start to a career, huh? Right you know that's well, a there's only
4: thing. one direction you could go
3: right? <laughs> exactly after that and i was like i'll see what i can do for you sir <laughs>
7: well Honestly, that, that's interesting because um i was going back listening through audio clips the other day oh um, god kind of researching the segment and um listening to your voice evolve like when you were Catman on 1500 I mean, it was... It was, like, really growly. It was yeah. more of what I would, you know, like a Venus flytrap type fellow no from it. WKRP. No doubt about it. I mean, that's, that's that's who I saw, and that's the magic of radio, too, right? Because yes. nobody really knows until yeah, they don't know, yeah. until that's they true. see you. But then at what point did you start to sort of lean on your pipes a little bit more? Because I think the thing that, you know, yeah. you've gotten all the work with, uh, with voiceover work is because you've got that, like, big, yeah, when, throaty...
3: You yeah, know. because I did take some voice lessons and stuff to get and learn how to open my mouth when I talk. Because mm-hmm. honestly, in my neighborhood, it's like, eh, how you know, everything. going. Yeah. That's how everybody talks. Right. right. But, yeah, so I did take some voice lessons from very, very good people, and it all worked out. You know, it, it, you got to make an effort. There's no question. Well, I worked with Dr. Brock. I don't know if you've ever heard of Dr. Mm-hmm. Brock. He's from uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. And he kind of talked like this all the time. He's got that southern accent, not a whole deal. But honest to God, I thought he was God. I really, Oh, he, sure. He worked at WCFL in Chicago and then came to KSTP and worked with me there. Yeah. Chuck Knapp, Charlie Bush. I mean, you go back. You know how lucky I was at the first major market job I ever got. I was only 21 years older. Excuse me, I wasn't even that old. I was 20, I think. And here I am working with legendary radio people. I got very, very lucky. And people ask me, why? how did you ever get hired at KSTP? You had very little. I mean, it was a KDAN, and then I went up to Grand Forks. And I know it's hard to believe, but I got fired. <laughs> 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 Laugh it up, Sprintall, you pill. <laughs> <laughs> but I called uh, Jim Chanel, was the was the program director at the time at KSTP, uh, who became in Chicago. He left uh, as, our, uh, as our program director and went to On the Air in Chicago as Captain Whammo.
2: Oh no!
3: <laughs> oh, and he remembers Captain Whammo. Like I'm the one that. who brought him up last week, right? Oh, that's right. You did. Yeah. yeah. Captain Whammo. I Wham-o. said, "Who's the, uh, the
8: name of the guy who gave you the name Catman?" And it was Captain yep, Whammo. Sure was. Oh. Well, with <laughs>
7: a name poor. like that, you would have to be able to birth many, many well, great that's ideas, true. right?
3: I had no question about that. That would
1: go over very well at KOKK.
3: That would. Mm-hmm. You know, the certain length to it that would really... Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, but in any case...
1: It kind of grows on you.
3: But I do look back at that now, Chris. I really do look back and go, how did I ever get this job? But then I do remember I called Chanel 82 times. 82 yeah. times I called him, and he finally hired me to do the Jesus tapes on Sunday. Which, by the way, sounded really good. Hey, here's Jesus. Uh, <laughs> you know, was one of those. Times 1153. 1153. <laughs> Jesus hit with you, man. Everything's good. <laughs> man. So, but then, uh, seriously, Steve Hatley, he was a guy, unfortunately, oh, God, here's a story. Do you remember the name Steve Hatley at all? Have you ever heard uh-huh. it? He was our midday guy at KSTP back in 1972, 73, when it all started. He uh, came from WHBQ in Memphis, And WHBQ was Elvis Presley's radio station. He used to hang out there every day back in the day, right? So Hatley's coming out once, and Elvis is coming in, getting off his brand-new motorcycle, this beautiful motorcycle. And Hatley walks by and goes, Elvis, man, that's a beautiful motorcycle. Elvis goes, here, you can have it. He gave him his motorcycle. (laughs) Okay? Now, the bad part of that is a few years later, Steve Attlee was killed in a motorcycle accident.
0: Oh, no. So are there
3: you, you go, oh, baby. My... Isn't that weird with life? Elvis gave you a motorcycle, and then you died in a motorcycle accident. That's well, not how a... life's
1: supposed to work, There's a it? lesson in that for all of us. <laughs> I guess
3: there is, isn't it? Elvis is God,
1: apparently. Yeah, apparently
3: Elvis is God,
8: exactly. But... Well, I thought the lesson was don't drive a motorcycle.
1: Well, <laughs> wow. well that's the
8: other lesson,
4: I
1: suppose. <laughs> <laughs> or don't give anything away. So uh, there are a oh, lot of lessons, go. Go. Really.
4: Boys
3: kill. Yeah. No, I mean, look... The, I am very honest about things. I'm not gonna tell people, oh, no, everything is all right. When it's not, I'm not gonna do that. But people do need to understand how grateful I am for, I just broke through, I should not have ever broken through in a, in a big market, like what well, was the number, market number 14 at the time, or whatever, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Um, I've worked with some great people over the years at KQRS, and all the way back, 1500 KSTP. Do you hear what Ginny said the other day about mm-hmm. Pill, we're talking to a bunch of people. And I said, I was talking about the time. I was at the local Hall of Fame or something or whatever. And I was up on stage doing a speech, and Ginny was out in the, out in the audience. And I said, uh, there's a person out in the audience right now. I'm still upset with her, Ginny Hubbard, of course, because she was only six years old when she fired me. And she goes, was I was two. <laughs> I thought it was a great line. I love Jenny. Yeah. I, I do. Jenny was great to work for. I mean, just the. Well, I didn't work for it first because she yeah. was six years old when I met her. Right. You know, I won't say how long ago that was, Jenny, just in case you hear this, because if I say how long ago it was, they'll know how old you are now. But she's not
7: that old, actually. No, and they love her. They love her on the radio side. Oh God, yeah, she's that's, terrific. She's, that's where she's at. I mean, just she's terrific. And Dan you know. Seaman,
3: her guy, does a really good job too. And again, if I didn't like him, I tell you, I don't care for those people. Yeah. But they do. They, they were great to work with and for and all the rest of it. I mean, there's a possibility someday I might end up over there on the podcast side of things too. Sure. I've talked to them about that before. They do a terrific job with that.
7: You know? Yeah, they've really embraced that, which really is smart.
3: I mean, Joe Souciere is killing it, which mm-hmm. is great to see. You know, I, I and Joe's a great guy too. But I, I do want to emphasize that, that I do have that, that side to me where I'm not going to lie. But I also have a side I'm very, very grateful for everything that happened, all the people that I've met, every places I've ever worked. I mean, to be at a radio station for 30, well, it will be April 16th, it would have been 37 years. So it'll be just a few, about 90 days short of, of uh, 37 years. That doesn't happen.
7: No. It
3: used to, back in, like, you know, Boone and Erickson, I think we were around for, what, 34 years, something like that. Somewhere in that ballpark, anyway. I mean, that was,
4: yeah. that was the first thing I heard when we moved to Minnesota in 1971. And yep. Oh, yeah. They Coming huge. from Claire my dad turned on CCO. I'm like, who? where are we? And they I'm were... from Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Moving out here in January, I'm like, did I do something <laughs> what wrong? What happened,
7: right? Right. Well, dad, are you running
4: going, from the law? Why do they talk funny?
3: <laughs> you know, I want to ask you a question about this, because I feel the same way about radio, and I want to get your take on television. Um... When I left and moved to New York in 1978, I think it was, 1978, I think we moved to New York, Um, I turned on the news in New York City and I went, this news is dreadfully bad. I mean, it's just bad because the only places I'd ever been, spent a lot of time, was living in Minneapolis and, and in Chicago, the two best TV markets in this country. Chicago and Minneapolis are the two best news they are. Do you know any better?
7: Uh, well, I, I mean, everything's subjective, right? Like, you know, what what what's the best? It's almost like saying what's the it's best real, city. It's real. That's what's the, Well, I, there's something to people have always considered, uh, both Minneapolis and Chicago, as very desirable. Oh, no um, doubt. The people who work in those cities, in the broadcasting industry and in TV, <laughs> like they're, uh, you know, top shelf type talent and, um, you know, r- really... Uh, you know, and you look at somebody in New York who's a I mean it's much higher up on the market size, and I'm sure a lot more money too. Um, you know I don't really know why New York is never because it's the number one market, and when I,
3: by far and when man. I was
7: just out there this spring and I was watching their news and um, you know I couldn't look at what was happening on the screen there and and look at that anything they were doing was you know distinctively different from anything that we were doing with things right. here. Um, I you know I just think there's more people there, obviously, and so you're you're impacting a bigger population of people. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I yeah I don't know. It's I never thought much in New York either. I was like, well, what's the big deal?
3: yeah, Dave Moore was one of the greatest yeah. newscasters of all time. There's no doubt about that. But the Don Shelby's of the world and the Ron Majors and the Paul Majors yeah. and the, I mean there were so many great ones in this market. And in Chicago, you had all these great people. I go to New York and I tune in. Hey, good evening! Great having you with us. I'm like, what the? Heck? This is New York, isn't it? I,
7: I do know that in, in the industry, people like picking people from Chicago and, and oh, Minneapolis yeah. oh, because yeah. they have a a dialect that's it, it's usually not very regional. It's just it's very natural. And that's I, yeah. you know, I slip into in my Minnesota and my South Dakota every once in a while too, <laughs> but for the most part, I know that was. Brokaw's big deal when, when yeah. he kind oh, yeah. of broke on yep. Yep. was just because of his, you know, the way he talked. It didn't sound like he was from every, anywhere. He had a
3: lat. Was, uh, was it the R that he had, had a problem with? Uh, la-
7: yeah, the Ls. Okay. Ls, yeah. yeah. Was it L? You can't
3: swallow. Yes, all I call L. I call Lollipop. Alkali pop. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He did, had that problem. Maybe that
7: was a bad example to draw from, but he. No, that,
3: but he was. Yeah. He, he, he had such a distinctive voice. Phenomenal. Right. And just brilliant man, great guy the whole, whole shoot match. But, I mean, that's the whole thing that, I, that I'm kind of, when I leave on December 23rd, and I don't know that I'm going to last that long anyway because, yeah. you know, they're going to at some point come to me and go, you know what, maybe you should just stay Well, it's home hard now.
7: to not get the short-timer thing right, like when you know you're leaving. Anyway. <laughs> hey,
3: I, hey I, good for you kids. Any, <laughs>
7: anybody, I've, anybody who I've ever known who is, you know, heading out somewhere, it's hard to keep the same level of, Concentration—it's hard to keep the yeah, same level is. of enthusiasm because you're like, well, I'm in in i X, Y, Z. I'm gonna be gone from here anyway.
1: But of course, it's radio, and radio—you know—every day is your last day.
7: No, that's that's true. true. It has been in a lot of
3: jobs I've had. <laughs> I know that. Well, but.
1: I mean, I was there 25 years, but I—I yeah. I never you know, like every time I stuck took out my fob, I—I uh, I I, I was never absolutely convinced it would open the door. I know, <laughs> I know exactly what you're My saying. My favorite
4: story is the one Moon tells about when he. Oh, I love Moon too. We've got, we've all become really good friends, and he's starting out, seventeen years old, working at the local station. And part of his job was he had to do the crime report. So he'd go down to the yep. police the, station, get the, the docket, and, and yep. then kind of report on it. And the final story he did was, and uh, police have issued a warrant for the arrest of Larry Thompson for possession with the Whoops. intent to distribute marijuana. <clears throat> this is Larry Thompson reporting.
6: <laughs> <laughs> the it took me, it the took me a second.
4: <laughs> drove I forgot right about, down there. <laughs> <I forgot about. laughs>
6: drove right down and fired him on the spot, and
4: what then hired him was? back a year later. Yeah. It's
3: pretty funny. What a great guy. That, that's another thing I will tell you, you know, working, working, working with the Hubbards. They have hired people from other markets like Moon that have come in and just killed because he's very, very good at what he does. I mean, just he's terrific. Ginny's been pretty good at hiring people over the years. There's no doubt about it. Don't, don't tell her I said this. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll never hear the end of it, you know.
7: I, I generally try to avoid anybody with the last name Hubbard's Office <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. Not because Ooh. I don't, just because in, in a perfect world, they're doing their thing and I'm doing my thing.
3: I'm 20, maybe still 19. You know that one hall, that, that one set of stairs that used to be, it's just before you get into the newsroom, you open a door, you go up the stairs, then you open another door. Yeah. That place is
7: it. a maze. Yeah. It, it is a maze, is just, it's a, right? Yeah.
3: So I'm in a big hurry to get to my buddy's house. I already
7: know about what's going to happen here.
3: Uh, So what I used to do is I used to run down the stairs and kick the door open. Take a right, kick that door open, and just head down the hallway, right? I kick the first door open, go down, kick the door. It goes about six inches and stops. I open the door, and it's Stanley Hubbard Sr. with a cigar smashed against his face.
1: Famous for his sense of humor. <laughs>
3: oh, he did he did not have a sense no. of humor about that. And I literally honestly got, oh sorry, I'm just the janitor here. Because he didn't know who the hell name I was. was.
4: Chris Eggert.
8: My name is Chris Eggert. Did you say do you see that guy kicking doors? I just uh, tried to catch him, yeah. but he ran
7: away, <laughs> me. ran away. I don't know why. He had somebody I... else downstairs too.
0: <laughs> if you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in, Pocket Teaser, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Attic, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, Castbox, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Tommy,
3: do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue?
1: You know, remember the old story about when they decided to fire Cannon? Oh, yeah. Cannon was, uh, I guess he was, well, he would have been, he wouldn't do in the morning show then, right? He was in
3: uh, the mornings, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yep. So he knew He knew that that Stanley came in, you know, like about 10 minutes after the morning show ended. Uh-oh. So they tried to fire Cannon for like four months. <laughs> but he always got out the door faster than oh, Stanley yeah. got in.
3: Cannon was damn good. Again, look at the talent in this town. Yeah. Cannon was one of the best afternoon guys I've ever heard. I never heard him in the morning. Maybe he's really good in the morning, too. But, I mean, uh, I still, my favorite is you could tell after you got to know Cannon. Did you ever meet Cannon? No. Phenomenal talent. But he had his, uh, what was it, uh, Morgan Monday and his character that he played all the time, right? So, (laughs) he's doing a commercial for Christmas. It's time for. Gang, it's time for uh, Christmas dinner, and if you're going to look it over, you want to take a look at, uh, what was the big, the, 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 the ham place again? Honey sliced or honey baked? Oh, honey, oh yeah. Yeah. honey baked. Hams. 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 You're
1: asking
4: a Jewish guy
8: about the, the yeah, ham Yeah, Why am I asking
1: hey, a Jew about ham? Who would know more? <laughs> 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 exactly. Know thy enemy. Hey, exactly. yeah, no, not our enemy. I mean, you Forbidden
3: know, fruit.
8: So forbidden the
1: fruit is it, yeah. I
3: don't know who wrote the copy, but the cannon's live on the air, and he goes, Yeah, Morg, we're going to get together, family's going to go down to Honey Baked Ham, going to pick one up and go home. Morg, I don't know if you know this or not, but their hams are spittle sliced. (laughs) 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 There was a (laughs) pause. And he goes, uh yeah, let me ask you a question you say spittle sliced <laughs> he just went on and on about spiral becoming spittle which I thought it was very very but you could tell he was livid the whole time oh, i'm sure you had to know him to know how pissed off he was about that though it was
1: a uh, so spittle sliced huh steve-o <laughs> you remember what cannon said what calvin Griffith said 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 oh, you know, I, I really I, I I can't stand that that Steve Cannon. But I like Morgan Monday. I like Morgan Monday. <laughs> that's right. Well, it's the same person, but you know he that. He really didn't know it was He was the same know. person. It was Calvin. Well, I've never me. met uh, the former owner
3: of the team. Calvin was quite the Figure. I
7: heard he was a character.
3: He was definitely mm-hmm. a character, but you know.
7: So, uh, this is off topic a little bit, but you're talking about advertising and reading, reading, yes. reading live copy, and, yep. and how that is. I mean, the, you you pretty much have, for the most part, unless it's an endorsement type thing, you get to like deviate from. Yeah. The script, but you're, one, you're yeah, trying to hit. With Doug well, that's day. what I'm talking. I want to ask you, Doug. Um, at one point, when you were, you know, trying to get more, uh, you know, more business. And from an advertising standpoint, did you ever, you know, get into the, you know, the kitschy, corny, kind of goofy-type commercials, or were no, you no. always... No, no.
4: So our strategy was actually totally the opposite of yeah. that. We were trying to, you know, auto-dealer advertising is generally horrible because it makes it sound like Toyota's just built the last Corolla in the history of the there's company.
7: There's a formula, right? Yeah. yeah. It's terrible
4: so when we started out we were doing scripted stuff but they were funny and they weren't you know it wasn't pitchy Yeah. and that really resonated and then um, they fired cumulus fired the general manager of uh, the station a guy named pete frisch and my marketing director was a huge fan of theirs. They flew in, and, and he, we were saber-rattling a little bit. They yeah. flew in the VP from Cumulus to have lunch with us, and it's myself and uh, the marketing director, Alan, and Tom, and the sales rep, Pat Eberts, and then this guy that looks stunningly like um,
3: Mitt Romney. Uh, Romney. looks just like him. It was,
4: and it was like 2010. <laughs> and So we're having a nice little lunch, and all of a sudden my friend Alan looks at him and says, Look, we love Tom. We love pat we love pete frisch and we hate you so we're going to do live spots on your <laughs> station or we're going to walk yeah. and the guy went right back on his heels and he goes well what do you think and tom is like yeah fucking a. this is yeah. great you're right um says i'm in and so the guy says well i'll have to talk to the program director and it's like you're the vice president of the company you don't have to talk to anybody so that's really where it started yeah. and the strategy is is has worked out really well i mean we do have sales every once in a while But it's like Seinfeld. They're car ads that don't really talk about cars. And it's just because the KQ listeners, they're so different than almost every other station. To the morning show, they're incredibly loyal. Once they feel like they know who I am, and you know when you're on the radio or TV, people think they know you, even though they really don't. Um, And I shorten my email address. I get... I don't know. Thirty emails a week from listeners. Either we screwed something up, which is rare, but I just got yeah. one of those. Or they want advice. Or what should I do? And well, what do you think? And it's just, and it's because of that. And they always, the letters all start out with, "Been listening to you and Tom screw around for the last fifteen years." Uh, <laughs> yeah, and Now I go.
7: actually have a question. Well, I think that gets back to I feel what gives people success in this industry, um, real success, and that's being authentic. Yeah. And I don't think people, you guys were talking earlier about the, you know, the screamers or the, you know, the guys who are talking like right. that. And I think particularly people in in Minnesota seem to really see through phony very quickly. Yeah, I think that's They're good um, bullshit detectors. For sure. And uh, that I've always enjoyed that about listening to the show and listening yeah. when you're on there because you guys are just, you know, shooting the breeze. It's not, you're not sitting up there trying to hype. XYZ amount of sales and this and that and And, whatever. And we
4: know that at any given moment only 3 or 4 percent of the population is in the market to buy a car. That's about it. So I bore bore the other 96%. If you just keep them top of mind I will tell you I don't keep very many of those commercials but one that I kept and this is probably from six years ago
3: was I out that day?
4: No, you had Gilbert Gottfried <laughs> in the studio. Oh, and you called me up, and Gilbert, oh, Gilbert starts playing Jew or not a Jew. And he goes,
0: <laughs> Doug, that's not a Jew name. Well, Sprint, i would have to
4: see how it's spelled. And it went. I'm like, Gilbert not send this to the Walzers, But it was really, <laughs> and it went on for like five minutes. God, so was, when you're was, willing, to, when you're willing like, to do that, yeah, of course. then people go, you know, and some right. people think I'm an a-hole, but most of them are like, they that's, do that's not. That's pretty funny. Well, I mean, Nobody they, thinks you're an Everybody animal. There's always somebody that doesn't like everybody. I think mean, feel like they know you. You which, probably have people that don't
7: like you. Of course. Yeah. Why? Yeah, I, we don't, I mean, well, for us, we're all partisan, of course. Yeah. Because I'm fake news now. Right. I am. Oh, you're, oh, you're the fake news. Mainstream yeah, okay. yeah, media. Yep. I'm fake news. So was you the, through the election? Yeah. I'm just
4: trying to yeah, make I, you, okay. got a, We got found him, Mike.
7: i got to add one more line to what he told you. Yeah.
3: Because you forgot one thing about what that dope said after you after Alan Crutch went after him. Al, I loved Alan too, by the way. I, I just love the guy. He was the one who said, "Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do live commercials, yeah. whether you like him or not." Yeah. And the guy said he looks at me, and says, "Well, that's not how we do it in Poughkeepsie." <laughs> oh my God! You don't remember that? No, I forgot that. Oh my God! I looked at him like, "Are you pulling my?" That's dip? the biggest. <laughs>
7: When, when somebody comes in from where XYZ, like, how many times over the years I've heard that? Would be. It, oh, yeah. Was that supposed yeah. to
1: be a homey kind of thing to
7: say? Yeah, probably
1: homey,
3: maybe. You uh, know, I mean, yeah. MC,
1: like, yeah. like uh, you know, won't play in Peoria, yeah. that yeah. kind yeah. of Hopefully thing? not play in Absolutely Peoria. Absolutely
3: is that's what true. that is. Ah, okay. But, you know, that's, that's the one thing I will tell you about being on the show for so long, and it's not because Doug is here and all the rest of it, but the fact that Hamilton said, no, that's a great idea. Those commercials sound phenomenal. Hamilton... Yeah, I didn't agree with him about the political thing, but pretty much everything else he nailed it. There's no I this is a guy he had to beg them to hire me because they didn't want to hire me because mm-hmm. I'm yeah. so pleasant to work with.
7: <laughs> Obviously. <Honestly.
3: laughs> Obviously. It's just a kind of a
1: right, Mike? Hey you know, I there's I never <laughs> wanted to be in radio. I know you didn't. But but there wasn't any other radio station in the world that would have hired me. Why? Uh, because I didn't sound like I was in radio. You're
3: funny, for Christ.
1: You're very well, smart, but, funny. guy. I when, hate being nice to you. Since when does radio care about that? Well, that's <laughs> true.
7: That's a good point. Any in industry, I suppose. Yeah. No, yeah. No, no, to, to some confu- extent.
4: No one would confuse you with Don Imus. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, probably not. Uh,
4: Talk about a voice that doesn't fit the body. Yeah.
3: Just, oh, you want Imus? I got a new. Oh, go ahead, sir. No, no. I, I, have just... a, I have a new Imus story that I love. Yeah. And I can't say who it was. But might have been somebody I worked with. Uh, miss is leaving the air, right? And he's going to retire. And so my friend, uh, I can't say his name either. Cause <laughs> he'll get, but I've got a very good friend who's no longer with Cumulus. But he he, he and I became really good friends. First name is Mike. Last name is McVeigh. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so Mike McVeigh and I have become oh, really, really good cool friends. Legendary. Yeah. Oh, yes. Wonderful guy.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Protected the the on-air people more than anybody ever, right? So, the new uh, president of the company is going to go with M- McVeigh to uh, visit Imus and try to talk him into uh, into staying. And Mike says to him, "Whatever you do, do not call him Don. You can either call him I-Man or Imus. Do not call him Don. He hates being called Don."
4: How about Captain Whammo? <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, <how> about Captain <laughs> Whammo. Exactly. So they go in. New president. What a pleasure to meet you, Don. <laughs> and, and Imus looks at McVeigh and he goes, "What the? Uh, what is that? <laughs> Didn't she tell him?" He goes, yeah, I told him. <laughs> it's just nobody pays attention anymore. I don't know. Why would you do that? Can you explain why uh, you would it have done like that? It seems
7: like it's a power move, right? Like that yeah. guy's like, "I don't care who you are."
3: Exactly right. Yeah. See, I read it as this. I'm in charge here
7: don i miss you You want to call me i'm not going to call you i man you're i'm going to say don
3: well i think that's exactly what it was i agree with you it's a power move didn't work out too well because i was saying goodbye so you know
1: talk about the voice thing yes sir so i'd been on i'd been on (laughs) the radio station for like a week right yeah and there's a guy who worked at the station and he had a really nice voice Wonderful, smooth radio voice. Lastman? Uh, no, another guy who worked there. I don't want to say who it was. Okay, all right. Um, um, nice enough guy, but he comes up to me, and he was obviously not happy that I was there. And I know it's hard to believe. It's a good thing you never told me that. I never alienated anyone. Anyway. No, I mean, you know, sometimes you got to fight your own battles, yeah, and this guy true. was a lightweight anyway. So let's face it. <laughs> so he comes up to me and says, oh, I'm getting... Uh, This is about the fourth day, so I'm getting calls, man. I'm getting so many calls. Good. You know, I'm probably getting, you know, 20 calls already. People, they're asking about you. They're saying, who's this guy with the shitty voice?
3: Said Tom Bernard.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess he just wasn't.
7: So how do you respond to that then? Like
1: (laughs) Exactly. I I responded by being there the next week. That's what I mean. And he wasn't.
7: What do you want me? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And that's, I I think, uh, anybody who's been around uh, this business, for any amount of time, realizes too that a lot of there are a lot of middle middle managers who come and go, and if. Now- if if you're valued in your community, you'll be there long yeah. long after. Well, honestly, I thought it was going
1: to be there for a couple weeks and then I'd be gone anyway. So I
3: hired you. How are you going to be gone in two I, weeks? I
1: just did. I
3: you didn't know me very very well then, did you? Oh, well, I
1: knew you pretty well, but because
3: nobody was going to fire you, but, uh, that was not going to happen. But
1: you have to understand, you're you're talking to a self-loathing person. Well, here. that's true. That's <laughs> a, that's a given. Yeah. That's so you are disappointed right you
4: weren't
8: fired.
1: <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I just kept thinking, well, who are these maggots that? who wouldn't fire me? <laughs> when
3: am I going to get what I deserve? <laughs>
7: <Exactly>. <laughs> Stick exactly. with the narrative, damn it. <laughs> God, it's
3: unbelievable. Nah, what the hell? Wasn't that a ball, though, Mike? It's a lot of fun. I will, Honest to God, I will never forget that, that when the, the thing started to blow up, Hamilton, was, he. remember how wound up he got about cool, the again. ratings and all the rest yeah. of it? But it just kept getting bigger and bigger. And then, you know, Marky Rosen ran for governor, and that thing just blew sky high. And then the twins, and I talk to her back about this all the time, when... We did predict on KQRS before the season started that the Twins would win the World Series in 1987. Well, you, you did. I, I said they'd I, finish <laughs>
1: they finished last. You
3: didn't have to tip your hat. Uh, yeah, yeah,
1: I'm just saying you you, you saw it I coming.
3: Did. I I and to this, we were just talking about that this morning. I was talking to Herbeck about that this morning. That I don't know. I just had a feeling that I just liked the way things had come because it, yeah. it had been there for. I think four years at that point. I think Herbeck first came up in '82, something like that. Mm. And I said the Twins are going to win the World Series this year, and I, you know, stuck to it. And then of course Herbeck brought up this morning that the Twins are out of first place now for the first time this season, I believe.
1: Yeah. Well, at and least it, in, in a couple months, I think yeah. maybe. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and Herbeck said, "Well, the same thing happened in '87, and we, everybody thought, well, you know, because they went after me for saying they're going to win the World Series, mm. and then they fell out of first place, or." It, Maybe they didn't fall out of first place, but in a tie for first place, something like that. Yeah. It was one or the other about that whole deal. But my favorite thing—I appear on uh, on television doing an interview with Herbeck and Gaetti, mm-hmm. and Gaetti on live television says to me, "Man, how did you know we were going to win the World Series? It's just unbelievable that you knew we were going to win the World Series. Why did you think that?" And I just said, eh, "I always think that." he's kind of blew him up he's like he's pain in the ass (laughs) Ah, It was terrific again looking at that and i don't want to come across as i am ungrateful for kqrs for most of it it was just heaven it was fantastic and but the business it's not just kqrs or cumulus or whatever the business has changed a lot so they can't be blamed for everything
2: yeah
3: most things but not everything
7: But don't you think? I
3: love love entertaining Sprenthal. It's my favorite thing.
7: Yeah, I'm having the most fun just sitting back and and watching Watching his face.
1: Don't you think you're always going to be better off when you have nothing to lose? I am. Yeah.
3: Mike, you're absolutely right. I I literally want to be in a situation where I had nothing to lose. And that's probably
1: not the situation there now. No,
3: and that's probably why it was time for me to go.
0: If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in, Pocket Cast, Teaser, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, Castbox, Spotify podcasts
3: the paranormal 60 with dave schrader and we are back with stretches picks
2: you know tom uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks yeah and uh, i highly recommend betting of course i always recommend betting
3: yeah absolutely so who's winning this thing the kitties the pack the bears or the purple
2: none of the above
3: those are all the teams in the division i know that well who's your pick
2: So, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SaberHeating.com.
3: And we are back with stretches picks.
2: You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, who's winning this thing? The Kitties, the Pack, the Bears, or the Purple?
2: None of the above.
3: Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? Four nine one six five two seven. That's Continuum, C O N T I N U U M. continuumweightwellbeing.com Wellbeing dot I've learned so much from them, and I know you will too. Continuum Weight and Wellbeing, life beyond weight loss mode. You know, just it's a whole different setup. It's a whole different deal. And it just yeah, there's no question. There's some woke politics involved in this too. As, you know, me being an older honky is not real pleasing for some people. I don't know. I Whatever. They can do whatever they want Speaking to do.
8: of honkies, we have Mike Bryant on the phone.
3: Honky! Yeah. Uh, first time
5: caller. <laughs> Get off
8: my show. <laughs> so,
5: so, I, I got a I call for the car guy. So... How can I be in St. Cloud and gas is 3.45? It's great. And I question. get to Monticello and it's 3.99. Yep. What is going on?
4: I, as <laughs> you know, my wife is from Hastings and works there. And when we don't have the kids, we'll often stay in the boat right in the the, the marina near Hastings. And they've been in a gas war down there for the last six months. And it was 3.28. Wow. Yeah. So it's
8: wh- still why bad, is but that? wow.
7: I. I pitched a story to this for my favorite local news organization, and I, I don't... The CCO <laughs> wouldn't run it? <laughs> and then I went to my second choice. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So they talked about it, and I don't know that it ever got executed. Maybe because there's not a real answer, but I mean... Uh, Outstate, out we're hearing from all kinds of people, even as far, like Buffalo yeah. and Hastings. That's not very far away. I was up yeah. in St. Joseph this last weekend, and it's 40 cents cheaper than it is in the city.
4: And it gives you an idea yep. how much markup's in it, because it, yeah. it is a state law that yep. gas, you can't sell gas uh, below cost as a retailer. I think six cents there's a, there's a minimum cost. margin that yeah. they have to, so that gives you an idea of the, the Probably the markup. I, I don't know. I'm not a I don't own a
8: gas station. Yeah. Well, if when you find the twenty cheapest... miles apart
4: and, and a forty yeah. percent difference in price, that's it can't markup. be the cost of the fuel. Absolutely.
8: Yeah. If you find the cheapest gas in the state, in Minnesota at least, not all states have a law like this, but that's how you're going to find cost basically because the oh, cheapest yeah, gas in right. the state is going to be cost yep. anything above that is markup or you know shipping that kind of thing you know if the gas has to go an additional 200 miles and obviously they're going to be paying extra for shipping yeah. fuel costs right. yeah, of yeah, thing. yeah yeah and that's what i
4: said if they're within 30 miles of each other right. their costs can't i can't right. imagine they'd be
8: different i mean st cloud isn't that far away no so it's not like we're talking no. about international oh. falls. Right, right,
2: so if yeah. you
4: want cheap gas, go to Hastings right. and go to the M and H station because not only do they have three thirty a gallon gas, but that's also one of the few broasted chicken oh.
2: Retailers oh. in
4: the broasted
8: upper chicken. Midwest. <laughs> now you're talking. Actual yeah. to by an actual you got broasted machine. chicken. It's not yeah. just a label. that's pretty cool. It is cool. Quick Trip actually has surprisingly good rotisserie this would chicken. Be, yeah,
7: they're, they're good, but. Roasted no, chicken. we're arguing NH? about roasted chicken. Listen, roasted <laughs> chicken is an important topic. Really Look at is. what you can learn on the I podcast. Know. Well, I will
3: tell you that it's funny that Michael Bryan called in today to talk to you about gas prices and all the rest of it because, as my personal attorney, here's what I say. hear Michael say all the time. I'll say something, he'll go, whew. <laughs> I love that attitude. you. When I say something really off the wall to somebody, I love it how you go, yeah, well, that's good. i just love that michael no question about it so what do you think of the show today you've been listening a long time i have not i just got in the car and drove
5: and have been driving i've been on the phone with people all the time saw the 399 and thought
3: i would call doug and have him explain it to me then it's doug's fault
4: i wish i had a better
7: explanation i just have a guess
3: (laughs) But I think
4: it would make it's
7: a great news well. store. My covered. guess is they can't really find an answer. There's so many yeah. different yeah. there's so many different um, variables to it. But then again, I'm like, well, that's still a story. Explain yeah. that to people. But listen, they only pay me to run my mouth over there. That's, that's it. right. Right. Me too. That's the whole deal.
4: So they don't go, you got twenty two minutes, ad lib, go. That's it?
7: I mean that happens more often than, it happens more often than you. Does can. it really? <laughs> yeah. And it's usually when the S is hitting the fan like the computers have gone down and oh, yeah. we can't roll video or can't do commercial breaks or something. And then at that point, no, you, whatever you, you just go. Yep.
4: Oh, okay. Do you like that? Is that fun? I, I do actually. Cause I, you know, some people are good at ad living. Yeah. Other people, if it's not written down, they're
7: just I, they don't know I'm what to do. I'm far more energized on a, on a breaking news day when there's something happening that's, yeah. we're throwing the scripts away and we're just, you know, going on the fly. I think that's why a lot of people would get into what I do. Yeah. Not to, sit there and read the same thing for six hours straight every day f you san diego <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, hey whatever works that whatever happens, works. That happens
3: all. i can't believe we've only got nine minutes left that blew by it's odd you get a
4: room full of highly verbal people and time goes
7: Doug, do you fast. feel you often are ever talking about cars we do from time to time yeah okay you know, Is is that frustrating to you when it gets off topic? No,
4: no, no. It doesn't bother me at all because, you know, I want people to know that it really is an ad and we do sell them. But it it has to be something interesting. I don't want to pitch, you know, a really boring model or, you know, we've been talking a lot about electric cars lately as a side because there's a lot of interest in it and and the electric car market has doubled this year to 6%. Yeah which is a pretty explosive growth, and uh, people have a variety of uh, feelings about it, and we've managed to politicize propulsion systems and automobiles for some— I don't know how that happened, but yeah. um, but it's there. So, I, you know, no, it doesn't frustrate me. Well, you know, oil's been politicized
8: for, what, 1,500 years or so? Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah. You know.
7: yeah, that's good. It's just a
5: long-term commercial in the end.
4: I'm sorry, caller, you're breaking up. Can you call back on a different line?
7: <laughs> See, he knows how to do it. <laughs> he does. He's got a right you're, now. You're a seasoned veteran right there. I'm sorry. Uh, i think yeah, we lost the, connection the engineers.
0: It's...
4: <laughs> back during the recession, every news outlet in town wanted to talk to car dealers, and car dealers were just scared to death. And I said, you know, I think we can. Kind of use this to our advantage if we sound like the voice of reason. It's just it's brand building, right? So if you don't mind, um and he says, let me think about it. A week later, somebody came in from nine or eleven, I think, and was interviewing one of the salesmen in the used car lot. And this was the summer gas went to four bucks a gallon, and everybody freaked out. And and the salesman goes, "Yeah, this isn't really the lot anymore. We call this the cemetery because I don't know how we're going to sell these." (laughs) Paul (laughs) Walter saw this and he goes, "Okay, from now on." (laughs) Media calls, Doug. You talk to me. So I'm just like, and I screwed up the first one, and I realized quickly that you know when you get, when you do a taped interview. You might have ten or twelve minutes of content, but they're only going to show thirty-five seconds. Yep. I mean, car salesmen yep. aren't that excited, no, you're so the very, very that first out one, this all
7: gets right, cut, down right, for cut down. to twelve goes. seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
4: Whatever works. The very first one was about they were asking about fuel uh, economy cars, and they asked about Priuses, and I, I said, you know, if you got a pistol and a bag full of fifties, you can't buy a Prius. They're all sold out. And of right. course, that's what they put in. So I'm like, I see how this works. And then you guys always do the same thing. At the very end Ooh, of the interview, guys. they'll say, "Is it's there the any, media. Is there anything that you wished I'd asked you?" There's some yeah. variation of that question. Yeah. So if you're really and in my mind's like, hey, this is really what I want to talk about, and I could usually kind of slide it into the story a little yeah. bit. But it was fun, and it worked really, really well. It was uh, it got so bad that David Luther called up Paul and said, "You know, those aren't news stories; they're advertising." And Paul goes. They're only ads if you pay for them.
3: <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, anyway,
4: it was it was fun. It?
3: That never happened in America anywhere before. Yeah. You know that. I mean, that's really? true. I didn't know that. Oh, we were the first ones to ever do what you and huh. I do. Oh, really? Oh, God, yes. Nobody had ever done something like that. Well, first of all, I will say quickly, and, and, you know, if Michael's still with us, he knows this would be true as well. Because I, I was in radio for, for about five, six, seven years, and then I got out of Well, I didn't get out of radio. I got fired again. But anyway... <clears throat> I took a job at Capitol Records doing promotion uh, for Capitol Records in the central part of the United States. So I learned how to do business, you know? So then when I came back to radio, all of a sudden, most radio people, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but most people will not even talk to clients. They'll oh, say I know. hello. It's
4: really, they might do a spec ad, but that's
3: about it. But yeah. that's about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. They won't go to dinner with you. They won't hang out with you and all the rest of it. But I had become so accustomed to dealing with customers that i was very comfortable with it well, all of a sudden doug comes along and michael Bryan comes along and you know you just go down the long list of people and i you guys i could see the look on your face like you're gonna talk to us i can't even believe that well i, I the first everything. time i met
4: you i was intimidated and we were doing a script that i wrote and i'm like god i have never met this guy i've been listening to him like everybody since the 80s and we sat down and we did something, and I don't remember what the line was, but I wrote a couple of funny ones in there, and you started laughing, and then we, did, we finished the spot, and he goes, nah, shit, I'm sorry about that. Let's go back and do it again. I was laughing. I said, don't take that out. Yeah. Leave that <laughs> exactly. It's authentic. Alone.
7: That's because it goes back to that. Yeah, because
4: the, yeah. then it sounds fun and mm-hmm. it makes people lean in. So,
3: but I mean, that's it. I, and now i have all these friends in the business that i've made you know and doug and i have become very very good friends not because we work together or because he buys commercials or because i'm going you know we just our wives get along really really well and the same with you know the mike Bilskis of the world and you get on the whole list of people it's, i don't like Bilsky. i don't care for
1: Bilsky. <laughs> plus he gets that good stuff from uh, colorado who Bilski You know, the does? chocolate bars. No, on the duck Oh, oh dog, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: so I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I I was thinking about Bilski on marijuana. Boy, wouldn't oh, that boy. be something, Andy?
1: Mm.
3: Let me think about it again. Bilski, after hitting the geef. No, it ain't working. That's no. never going to happen. No, maybe a beer. That might
4: be a little different. Can I tell the uh, the... Uh, Las Vegas weed story.
3: I would love to hear that story. It's so we were story.
4: out there a few years ago, and it was legal. La- it first became legal in Las Vegas, and KQ is doing a listener trip live radio show. So we're hanging out one night. A couple of people at the station say, "Hey, let's go down to the dispensary and check it out." So we're like, okay, you know, I wasn't a user, and but I just always curious how it works. So we get there. And there's a big, I mean, the security in these places is incredible, oh, especially huge, in Vegas. Yeah. And when you think about it, it's a cash business. right? So there's double checks before you get in. And we're standing out in line and you know Tom's behind me. There's a couple of people behind him. We're just talking and, and, and this guy behind Tom goes, excuse me, are you Tom Bernard? He goes, "Why, well, yes, I am. He goes, yeah, I lived in Wisconsin 30 years ago. I used to listen to you all the time. I haven't, and I heard that voice <laughs> no, and they said, it must be 30 years.
3: It amazing.
8: Yeah. I can see relatives of mine five years later, and I'm like, who the hell are you?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Good job. It's my son, ladies and gentlemen, right there. My son, Andy. Keep it it real, man. Keep it real. All right, you got three minutes to wrap it up there, Dougie.
8: Well, we can feel the question from the listeners. Yeah, let's do that. This is supposed to be an interview with Chris, but, you know. it a a little bit. He can come back. That's true. You can always come back you just got to bring all the cameras and everything, though. What's the listeners? What's the questions? Uh, Joe wants to know if you've ever thrown your leg at anybody.
7: (laughs) No, but I do often take it off for little kids who are in the TV Uh, station and entertain them with it. (laughs) I'm like, here, kid, and then you watch their face just (laughs) (laughs) drop. That's fantastic. Is, that, is the reaction generally negative or positive? Uh, negative. Oh, yeah. Ne- a positive. Oh. Very generally oh, really? positive. Oh. Oh, little kids. And then the little kid h- holds it, and I take a picture of the kid. I'm like, ah. <laughs> so, yeah. Hmm. You know,
3: I kind of like the fact that you watch certain, and it's on, you know, three or four different channels, but guys who have lost limbs in the war or whatever, they will not wear long pants. They'll come in wearing short pants. Uh, uh, there's a guy on Fox, Joe, I can't remember his name. I can't remember Joey something, but he lost both legs. Yeah. He stepped on an, an IED, IED, or yeah. whatever the hell it is. But he always wears short pants. So part of it. that
7: is not necessarily showing it off; it's a practicality thing. Oh, really? Okay. Because you have to futz around the thing like constantly. Oh, you do. It's okay. It's super uncomfortable. It doesn't f- never never fits right. Oh. Okay. And so part of that, if you're wearing shorts, you can just you know slap you know pop the thing off. And but part of it is they're, they're not, You know, you're not hiding anything.
3: I love, see, I love yeah. that about it. Hey, look, kids, demystif- I don't have any legs. It
7: demystifies
3: it for Absolutely. Kids. You were thinking sure. of Joey Jones. Joey Jones, that's exactly who it is.
7: Of, yeah,
8: IED-related.
3: Stepped on it, an, and then the guy next to him died, as a matter of Oof, fact. Jeez. But I do like the fact, like, this is who I am. Yeah. yeah. That's why I loved it this morning when I read that story a couple days ago about this 12-year-old get got hit in the head by a pitch, goes to first base, sees the pitchers crying, walks over slowly, gives him a hug and goes, don't worry about it, you're fine, I'm fine. I know. I that was I've been talking about that story for three days. Yeah, now.
7: I uh, that because <clears throat> it's
3: real and honest.
7: Uh, like um, as we tend to get in in our industry, particular industries, I'll show. I'm sure it's this way in the car industry too. But you get very, I don't know. You, you feel like you you don't get emotional about things anymore. Yeah. And, and you just kind of like, you know, you're trying to look for what the like, okay, what's the what, what right. you know what really happened here or what like the, I watched that and I was like, holy crap. And then they cut to the parents, and you're like, you know every one of the parents up in that stand <laughs> oh, yeah. was first going, well, what in the hell is he doing? I know. And they were probably like, you know, again, the the, pl- the pitchers that side were that probably like, so oh, great. get up, you're fine, you know, after mm-hmm. the kid yeah. <laughs> got hit. And I to see it that, terrific. it's it was it was really cool. It was really cool.
3: And again, maybe we should follow the lead. For sure. Worlds. What about that? For is sure. That a bad plan. For, For sure.
4: Right? What, take long showers in the dark?
3: Yes, that's it. That's exactly what I meant. All right, homie, you gotta go.
4: All right, that wraps up another exciting episode of Walls or Automotive Groups Car Selling Secrets. I am gonna be in Montana next week, so there will oh, be no show. Uh,
3: do you ever are you ever not on vacation?
4: It's it's work actually. Uh-huh. Although we are going to the Yellowstone Club.
3: Oh, what a shock. Is Pauly gonna be there with you? No,
4: no, Andrew's oh. loaning us this place. So oh, those that okay. you those that might not know, oh, it's a very exclusive I'll hang out for ultra rich people. It's on the back sky, uh, backside of Big Sky, Montana, and I'll, I'll tell a, uh, a Yellowstone Club story really quick. Andrew Walzer, Paul's younger brother, has a place up there, and ten years ago or so, he had, his kids were pretty young, so he dropped them off at the rec center. He and his wife went skiing for a few hours, came back to pick them up, and there's about fifteen or twenty kids. They're ten to thirteen. And one 45-year-old guy, and they're playing dodgeball, and the 45-year-old guy is just picking kids off left and right. It was Phil Mickelson. <laughs> 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 so apparently he's a competitive dodgeball player as well. Who knows? Uh, Bruce Willis. That's right. Probably had you. a
1: buck or two on the game. Yeah, Probably, yeah, too. Yeah, oh, he's a big gambler. Oh, yes. yeah. Probably
4: the over-under. So anyway, that wraps up the show, and we'll be back in two weeks.